Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. This show is heard on WBCQ The Planet every Monday and Friday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also pick it up on our various platforms, including Podomatic, iHeart, Amazon, Spotify, and several more. Uh, It is brought to you by Camp Constitution, which, among other things, runs a week-long family camp. And our annual 15th annual camp is coming right up in less than a month. And we have, a like every year, we have a great lineup of instructors. We have Alex Newman, who's authored about five or six books and uh, has a show on Frank's speech, uh, Liberty Sentinel. Uh, Pastor David Whitney of the Institute on the Constitution. He's, uh, this will be his third year instructing our camp, and we just he's just an incredible blessing to us. We have the youngest elected official in the United States, Valerie McDonald, speaking in our camp. We also have Professor Willie Soon, one of the world's top atmospheric scientists, and many other great instructors. Uh, And to learn more, campconstitution.net. You can also visit our website and look at our camp calendar. I updated it last night. We have events uh, pretty much all over the New England region and some parts beyond. in fact, uh, we don't we don't put everything we do if if it's an organization that invites us, uh, depending if it's an invitation only, then we don't necessarily post it on the calendar. But uh, you know we've gone we've gone beyond beyond the New England region, the Midwest. Uh, I was in New Jersey last uh, week speaking to a group, Reverend Stevie Crafts down in Florida. So uh, so what you see on the on the calendar is mostly events that, uh, that are generally open to the public, but some again invitation only private gatherings would not be on there. Uh, we also have a weekend family camp. This would be our second annual camp, and I just got confirmation that Jim Perloff, author of Tornado Through a Junkyard, will be on hand. And you can, again, learn more about us by visiting our website, campconstitution.net. Now, we've been doing this show on WBCQ, The Planet, shortwave, I think since 2015, if not early 16, maybe uh, January of 16. And uh, we don't get much feedback from those who are listening on shortwave. And if you uh, have been a regular listener, enjoy the show. We would encourage you to uh, visit our website. And there's a little contact uh, place there. And you can say, yep, been listening to it. Let us know where you're from and uh, you know uh, how long you're listening to it, what have you. We are in the process of renewing. We renew every six months, and I just want to make sure that uh, we get a lot of people that are. We, when it comes to short wave, we, there are no ratings, so the only way we know who's listening are those who actually feedback. And I'm not sure there's a ratio for every one person that says, "Hey, I will listen to your show. I like it or I don't like it." There might be ten thousand people who are listening that don't do that. And if we don't ask for the feedback, we don't always get it. So we do encourage you to do that. Uh, I'm going to be discussing a little bit later into the show um, some Constitution study courses that I recommend and how you can be part of the solution. But before I do that, I want to talk about Juneteenth. Today is the, uh, I guess, the what, the second year, or is it the third year that uh, a federal holiday has been established? It was passed into law by Joe Biden, 
2021. Now, any holiday, any day that uh, celebrates the end of slavery anywhere in the world is a day worthy of celebrating by people of goodwill. Unfortunately, Joe Biden is not a person of goodwill. He's a person of ill will. Everything about him is ill, ill will. Um, the Democrat Party did not promote this holiday for to promote racial harmony and goodwill and a great history lesson. They promoted it to promote racial strife, racial hatred, and division. That's all they're about because hatred is power to them. You know, it reminds me of a old, I'm, I'm not a big Star Wars person, but there was on the original episode uh, in Star Wars, there was a, there was a, um, some kind of entity that thrived. And uh, there was two, it was the, you know, the, the Enterprise crew and there was a Klingons. And this hatred was so intense that this particular entity that was, had so much hatred, it was, it was feeding on the hatred and the more hatred, the more power it had. So the Klingons and the humans had to pretend they were buddies and shaking hands and not have this hostility. So this thing lost its power. That's the Democrat Party. Uh, they thrive on it. They are convincing. The United States is the least racist country in the world. There are countries where it, it is not to say there isn't there. It's always will be because we're, it's a, we have a sin nature. And by the way, there are such things as black racists too. Racism isn't just one-sided. That's a racist con concept, a con uh, concept if you think only white people can be racist, that un black people are not empowered, have no, cannot be racist. Well, there's a lot of black people that do have power, and they can be racist too. Um, so uh, Juneteenth is, uh, is the, uh, June 19th, 1865, is when uh, General Gordon Granger, a, a Union general who was the hero of the Battle of Chickamauga. He uh, sailed into Galveston, Texas, and um, the, you know the war was coming to a close. Uh, general Lee had already surrendered, and many of the um, other units surrendered after Lee. I can't remember when the last uh, Union or the last um, Confederate general surrendered, but I know I know there was uh, in Texas the war lasted a little bit longer. Uh, Lee surrendered in April, and then I think May, early June, as most of the other Confederate uh, forces around the country surrendered. So um, anyway, he uh, sailed into Galveston, Texas, and he issued Proclamation Number 3, saying that basically due to the passing of the Emancipation Proclamation by Abraham Lincoln, and I believe that was January of 1863, that there is no more slavery in Texas. Now, the Emancipation Proclamation only freed slaves that were in Union-occupied Confederate territory. Uh, there were four slave states that never left the Union. A lot of people don't know that. Delaware, Maryland, Kentucky, and Missouri. Those states still had slaves, and those slaves were not free until the passing of the 13th Amendment, December 6th of 1865. So when you hear saying this is this June, Juneteenth is the day that slavery ended in the United States, that's not true. It ended a few months later. Uh, and also, 
didn't end slavery. It didn't end slavery in the United States. Slavery was ended in many states over the years. Massachusetts was the first state to end it in 1780, 1781. Pennsylvania uh, and states, Vermont came in as a free state. The Northwest Territory, uh, that when that, that ordinance was passed, uh, it said that any states that, I'm paraphrasing, any states that are carved out of this Northwest Territory will be free states. Uh, you know, California came in as a free state and, and so forth and so on. So there's been a lot of free uh, blacks. There were a lot of free blacks long before 1865. And again, a lot of people don't understand this and understand the history. Our founders um, at, the dec- at the Constitutional Convention there were some people that defended slavery, some people that didn't want it, and they realized that if um, if we were to abolish slavery, there were some states that would not have joined the Union, and they came up with something called the Three-Fifths Compromise in Article One. And people will say, well, that upheld slavery. Well, if you look at it from that perspective, but if you look at it, that, that the, the large states that had large percentage of slaves wanted to count every single human being uh, for the purpose of representation in Congress or in the House of Representatives. And the states that either didn't have slavery or had small, small percentage of slaves, like, for example, New York, they said, no, no, nothing doing here. You, these folks do not have citizenship. They're not, uh, they can't vote. But you want members of, you, you want to have more people in your states representing folks in, in the House. So they came up with this three. So in other words, let's say um, because of the amount of slaves in, say, Alabama, um, let's say Georgia, they would have been maybe three or more members of the House. That would have given Georgia more votes, more slave state votes. So the uh, states with either no slavery, no slaves or very few slaves said, no, that's not. So they came up with this. And that course was done away with at the passing of the 14th Amendment. They also said we will outlaw the importation of slavery by 1808. And that was done. And many of the uh, founders believed that this would have been the death knell of slavery. It would, uh, if we weren't importing any slaves and slavery would eventually be abolished. Uh, I can't use, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, and again, maybe the word unfortunately isn't the right word, but where in South America, slaves died at a young age, they were worked to death, the conditions, in the United States, the, the conditions were much better. So they actually were thriving. The, the slaves had families and uh, they were able to reproduce and have many, uh, many offspring, many family members. And, and so, um, that, so that didn't happen, unfortunately. Uh, again, unfortunately, because there were more blacks being born, uh, and even though it was a slave, they were in slavery. They were still doing well physically and uh, and so forth. So uh, that was where the founders sort of like, oh, I guess that wasn't that wasn't working out for us. And unfortunately, we had to have a, have a civil war that led to its ending. And I don't, really don't want to get on the subject of the civil war at this point, whether or not it was about slavery or not about slavery or somewhat to do with slavery. But the fact is that we had four slave states that were still in the Union should say something that maybe it wasn't just about slavery. Maybe there were some other issues there. But so, again, it's something that uh, you'd really want to you really want to celebrate Juneteenth. But then, um, you know, the Democrats turned into a racist thing. And um so it kind of puts a little damp. Now, there are a lot of holidays. This used to be celebrated, I think, in Texas. It became a state holiday in uh, 1980. 
Uh, and there were a lot of holidays that may be celebrated just in that particular state where the event happened. You know, I'm from Massachusetts. We have Bunker Hill Day, we, uh, which just took place, uh, what, yeah, two days ago, right? 17th, 17th of um, uh, June in uh, 1775. It was an incredible day. How about, how about uh, Lexington and Concord? And uh, there are events that happen and unique events that happen in states. And so we made all a federal holiday. The whole year would be nothing but federal holidays. Now, I thought about that for a little bit. And I thought, hmm, the federal government has closed down all these days. That might be a good thing after all. Keep the post offices open. Keep the town dumps open. But everything else, you know, the, all the other government branches at the federal level, they're on holiday. Yeah, we might be better off just, hey, pay all these bureaucrats to stay home. I think we'll be better off. Uh, I'm saying that little tongue-in-cheek, but uh, I think you get my point. So anyway, um, and if you go to my Facebook page, Hal Shirtliff, I, I've got posted a little bit about um, General uh, Gordon Granger and a copy, uh, a picture of the uh, Ordinance 3, that that uh, proclaim, uh, Proclamation 3, that um, that let the slaves in uh, Texas know that they were free. Oh, I want to point out too, the Emancipation Proclamation, uh, maybe I already did, but it didn't really free any slaves. I, I guess I already mentioned that. It, did free, uh, it didn't free the slaves in the four uh, slave states that are part of the Union. It just, uh, wherever the Union Army, as they were advancing into the South, into the Confederate States, that's uh, just the occupied territories of the Confederacy is where uh, it had, had effect, nowhere else. So um, just a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, driving around my van, and my van uh, has uh, stenciled around it, not a wrap, but stenciled around it. Uh, it's a picture of Uncle Sam, and it has our website, and it has our camp motto on both sides, drive past the side, and in the back. So uh, in my travels, people talk to me on occasions. They want information. Sometimes they'll want to take a picture. They'll have the website. And I usually hand them uh, a pamphlet about the camp, a copy of the Constitution. But there was a lady at a yard sale that was uh, selling at a yard sale. And she said, oh, we need to teach that in the school. She was very adamant about that. And, of course, she's right. Uh, the problem is government schools uh, – if they do teach it, they're teaching it from a perspective, with some exceptions, that the Constitution is outdated, it's obsolete, it's racist, it's white supremacy, and all the kind of politically correct crap that we get. Um, and if, in fact, it was just about a month ago I wrote an article about a little dialogue I had with a lady on a Facebook page. I had posted an article about uh, Camp Constitution donating constitutions to uh, of several schools, public schools in the area, and uh, I was told I should smoke my constitution because it's obsolete, it doesn't have any validity today, and so forth. So I asked this lady, uh, what do you replace it with? And I said, you know, you want to replace the First Amendment that, that, that protects free speech, uh, the Fourth Amendment that... Uh, uh, no legal search and seizure, the Fifth Amendment that gives you due process uh, in court, uh, Amendment 6, which gives you um, a trial by jury, an impartial jury. Now, the, not a jury of your peers. That's not in that particular. It might be in some state of, uh, amendments, but not, not in the U.S. Constitution. Uh, the Eighth Amendment, no cruel and unusual punishment. She wanted to abolish all this. And I said, well, what do you want to replace it with? And she couldn't come up with an answer. 
So as the debate went on, uh, or the dialogue went on, she then says, okay, maybe it shouldn't be abolished, but it should be amended. You know, to, she was, she used the term forward government thinking. And that was a little troubling because uh, every time the government is thinking, it's usually thinking about how to more power away from the people, away from uh, more freedoms and uh, tax us more. Uh, so uh, she couldn't give me an example of what she meant by that. Uh, you know, open borders, no. How about 50 genders? No, she, she didn't really have an answer. And I, then I said, okay, what amendments should we add? You, you very have, first off, you want to abolish it, but you had no idea what to replace it with, and now you want to amendment, amend it now. Okay, so we're making progress, but what do you want to amend? You, know, you could amend something out of existence, you know. Amendment 28 uh, repeals all 27 amendments. So she had no clue. She had no idea. Uh, and that's the problem. With a lot of Americans, they're really victims of a cliche. You know, oh, it's the Constitution outdated. Okay, maybe it is. What do you what do you add? What do you want to do? And they don't know. And so that means they're not really thinking on their own. They're not saying, well, this is what I think we should do. And we should do it this. We should do that. She didn't know. So, uh, and just teaching the Constitution is it's a good thing. But again, you might have Obama taught the Constitution. Uh, you know, so you have people who teach the Constitution, but they teach it from a whole different perspective. So what I decided to do is to uh, write a little article recommending various uh, Constitution courses. Now there may be more. There's probably more than what I mentioned. And if there are, if you have, if you have any, please reach out to us and say, "Hey, I recommend this." So I'm going to read some of the um, the article I'm about to post in our uh, blog, and it will be in a few newspapers in the in the New Hampshire and Massachusetts. So teaching the U.S. Constitution since Camp Constitution's inception in 2009, we have distributed over 30,000 pocket copies of the U.S. Constitution and Declaration of Independence. We distribute these at various venues, including our annual family camp, parades, information tables, uh, table at events, and even donations to schools and civic organizations. We recently donated these constitutions to schools in Laconia, Alton, and Barnstead, New Hampshire. However, we know that simply owning these constitutions is no guarantee that they will be read. Okay, over our history, we have taught hundreds of classes on the U.S. Constitution, not only at a week-long family camp, but at various venues around the Northeast and Midwest, with some of the nation's top constitutionalists, including Mrs. Chris Ann Hall, Pastor David Whitney of the Institute on the Constitution, Robert Brown, creator of The Constitution is a Solution, and Mrs. Catherine White of The Constitution Decoded. Recently, we have been hosting Hillsdale College's Constitution 101, the meaning and history of the Constitution in several venues in the local area. We recommend all of them, and the following are descriptions of these resources. And before I do that, I want to mention uh, that just having a Constitution, it's good to have it, but not reading it and learning about it, it's more like a decoration. You put it on the coffee table. It looks nice to that that book, we, that picture book uh, that we have. Uh, I, I mentioned I, about 20 years ago, I bought a harmonica, an harmonica along with the How to Play a Harmonica book. I still can't play it. It looks nice on my shelf, but I can't play it. So one of these days, maybe I tried it. I you know got I got motivated and blew a few notes, and I thought, okay, what's the key of this and the key of G? I don't know anything about this. I don't. Anyway, um, so just having it isn't going to make you uh, proficient in it unless you learn about it. So Hillsdale College uh, College's Constitution 101. And this is a um, this is a free online, or you can get the DVD. And I've heard about this for for a long time. I came out in 2019. People were raving about it, and so I said, I mean, they made it available. I got an email from them for 100 bucks. You can buy the DVD. It's a donation, but give us a donation. We'll throw in the uh, these this um, 12 lectures, and most of them are in um, 12 lectures. 
and I'm going to, uh, so, so this is from their website. The United States Constitution was designed to secure the natural rights proclaimed in the Declaration of Independence, signed by Constitutional Convention delegates on September, on September 17, 1787. It was ratified by the American people and remains the most enduring and successful constitution in history. In this 12-lecture course, students will examine the political theory of the American founding and subsequent challenges to that theory throughout American history. Topics covered in this course include the natural rights theory of the founding, the meaning of the Declaration and the Constitution, the crisis of the Civil War, the progressive rejection of the founding, and the nature and form of modern liberalism. This course is available online free of charge or the dvd set can be purchased from hillsdale and uh, i'll just give out their website it's online.hillsdale.edu and uh, they also have a book that you don't need to get from them but i recommend it uh, a few of the instructors uh, re reference it and it is almost 800 pages and you can probably find them on amazon used for a short of money but i bought some new ones if you buy more than i think i got five or six you get a little discount and i make this available for folks that are in the class but it has um not all the Federalist Papers, but some of the Federalist Papers. It has the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution. It has uh, certain speeches by presidents, and even uh, these famous cases like Marbury versus Madison, the Northwest Ordinance, uh, Congress of the Confederation, and many other um, letters to the English Anti-Slavery Society. Uh, so just some great things, uh, as well as some uh, outlines of the class itself. It is called the U.S. Constitution, A Reader. And again, you can get that through... Um, through uh, Amazon, I'm sure, or right to Hillsdale University, Hillsdale College. Uh, the Institute on the Constitution, this is um, something that Pastor David Whitney is involved with, and uh, I think the top instructor there is a man named Jake McCauley, whom I had a chance to meet at a homeschool show a few years ago. So this course is endorsed by leaders, including um, Ron Paul, former Representative Ron Paul, Dr. Ken Ham, Answers in Genesis, uh, Larry Pratt of Gun Owners of America, John Eisenmo, who's an incredible guy, I got a chance to meet him and interview him, and many more. Student manual included in PDF form for each lesson. 12 20-minute lessons, quizzes, supplemental homework, reading, include the Mayflower Compact, How Tony Came to America, and more. Graduation certificates given upon completion, worth one full semester credit hour for high school, civics, or government, private homeschools, and some public. Uh, their website is uh, theamericanview.com. If you want to email them, info at theamericanview.com, all lowercase. And uh, they have a picture, uh, they have a, uh, Sam Adams. It does not take a majority to prevail, but rather an irate, tireless minority, keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the minds of men. The Constitution is the solution. This is uh, Robert Brown's uh, creation. He was a former colleague of mine. Uh, he never spoke at our camp, but we did host a, his uh, a, a speaking tour for, uh, where he uh, spoke about the dangers of an Article 5 convention. This would be back in January, early February of 2017, and those lectures are on our website as well. So this is a six-DVD constitutional lecture set. comes with a CD that includes an instruction manual and lecture guides with talking points and study questions with answers for personal study or to help you lead a successful wor a workshop series. The lectures include the dangers of democracy, and these are all 41 minutes to the longest one is 67 so they're not too long and you really don't want to i think if you can break things down a little bit and if you do this all in uh, say a weekend or a day you can have lunch you can have breaks in between but you can stretch this out six weeks two weeks however, however you want to do it yeah that's why it's great about it if it's your you're doing it you can you can uh, take all the time you want or get it done within a, a weekend or a day so the danger of democracy is the first one enumerated versus unlimited power is the second constitutional economics constitutional money constitutional war powers and the enemy within exposing the enemies of freedom and restoring the constitution and these can be ordered uh, gbs.org i think slash shop and you can get this or you can probably buy these on amazon maybe used uh, versions and i don't know if i think it's 20 or 30 or 40 dollars at the most it's um well worth it chris ann hall's genealogy on the constitution for over a decade we have been traveling and teaching across america averaging 260 classes a year everywhere we went people wanted more liberty first society provides more education to more people than we could ever deliver in person these classes are perfect for individuals groups k-12 and college classrooms churches and anywhere else people who are hungry for knowledge and for liberty gather and to contact chrisanne libertyfirstsociety.com all lowercase 
And this is a little uh, a little excerpt from Chris Ann. If all we do is teach our youth lies about America and its founders, why are we so shocked when they actually believe them? Time to teach our youth some truth. The Constitution Decoded, that's uh, put out by Catherine White. She's uh, one of our instructors. And she's, a, she's from the uh, Greater Boston area, uh, and she's been doing this for a number of years. We really love having her uh, come to camp. She's also going to be at a weekend camp. And this is her um, program. Our government under the Constitution is the first and only government ever founded on the ideal that political power is sovereign in the people. We do not work for or belong to the government. It works for us. The Declaration of Independence set forth the principles of the then new country. The Constitution puts those principles into action. The preamble to the Constitution is the mission statement for the document and the government. It clearly states the purpose for which the 13 colonies joined forces and became one nation was to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is still the only legitimate purpose of the federal government. Here you will find information on study group classes now in two locations. Actually, uh, she does online, pretty much exclusive. This is a little dated. But um, again, she can go to the website and get these resources. How, uh, how to request a speaker for your group and links to sites and authors of interest to all those who revere our Constitution and the principles embodied in it. And the website is constitutiondecoded.com, all lowercase. And last but not least, Camp Constitution. You can host one of our speakers or simply visit our YouTube channel, which has dozens of videos uh, of videos of our instructors. Uh, and you can find our, we have a link to our YouTube channel through our website, campconstitution.net. And here's a challenge. With all the resources available, many of them free, there is no excuse to help be part of the solution. Prayerfully consider hosting or helping to host a Constitution study course using the above-mentioned resources. These courses can be held in your home, inviting friends and family only, or hosted at a public venue like a local library or your church or a civic organization. And most libraries have rooms that are available free of charge. And if you're retired or you work a swing shift, you can host something in the morning or early afternoon. Most libraries, at least some of them are open at least one day a week at night. In some of the smaller towns and the larger cities would be open probably at night. Um, in a weekends as well as Saturdays. Uh, and we, I do encourage you to reach out to me if you want some help. If you say, well, I live in this particular town and city and state. I don't know anybody, but we might be able to put you in touch with folks. Uh, you'd be surprised. Surprised. So anyway, we want to just uh, I'll be posting this on the website in a few days. So we do encourage you to check it out. Anyway, running out of time. You're listening to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Sherloff. And until next week, may God richly bless you.